It is such a wonderful privilege to be in the presence of the Lord. And while we are gathered here together in His presence, let us just bow our hearts in prayer. Abba Father, we come to you this morning in the mighty name of Yeshua, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we thank you for this opportunity that we as your church, as your congregation, can gather this, gather this morning to receive your word. And I ask, Father, that you will prepare our hearts this morning. And I ask, Lord, that the seed that is sown this morning, your word that is being sowed, that it will fall into fertile ground, that it will grow, and that it will bear fruits. Abba, Father, we're here to honor you this morning. And I also ask, Lord, that you will be our guidance, that you will be, your Holy Spirit will be the one that teaches your word this morning. And we honor and we praise you in the mighty name of Yeshua, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I want to talk to you this morning about the quest for power. And what is interesting to me, as you know, the, we have a theme for this year. And uh, for those who don't know, our year starts in September. And the reason why our year starts in September is because this congregation was formed on the 1st of September 2012. And every year that around about September, Father gives me a theme for the year, something that we need to focus on, that we need to concentrate on. And the theme for this year is prepare for battle. And you know what is so phenomenal is when I look back in the history of our ministry and I look at the themes that God has given us, we can see a progression within that theme, within each theme and within each year that on this path that the Lord has been taking us. But what is also very important in this process is when I look at these themes, and specifically the theme for this year, it is so relevant for what is happening right around us right at this moment. Prepare for battle. And therefore, I thought it uh, important to talk to you about this quest for power, this desire within humans, within, the, within man. And when I say man, I'm talking about mankind. The girls are included. We have this desire for power. It is one of the, the things that, that we can see almost on a daily basis. We see it everywhere, and especially now in the times that we are living in. Now, if there's one thing that we can know for certain, is that the only constant is change. But with change also comes a fear of change. And when that fear of change becomes irrational, our ability to control ourselves, then to be control that fear becomes very weak. And that can lead to a situation where we believe that we have no control over, over our lives due to this constant change that we are experiencing. And that is the one thing that I have learned in life, is that change is the only constant. Change is happening on a daily basis. If you want to keep everything the same, well, I've got a surprise for you. It ain't going to happen. Because things change minute by minute. And if we look back just over two years ago, who would have believed that the world would change so dramatically? 
the changes that we've seen in our lives, how we live, how we do things, how we communicate, have changed completely. And sometimes we're reluctant to change. We're reluctant to accept that change that actually happens within the world. And therefore, we develop this fear for change, and people have experienced the fear of change at a more intense level as, we, as time progresses. And then what do we see? We believe all these crises, and the one crisis follows upon the other, and it follows upon the other, and follows upon the other. We are still thinking of how we are, we are going to get our lives back to, to a level of normality. And, and as I said before, who determines what normal is? We don't even know what normality is, but we're trying to get our lives back to a level of normality. And just as we think we are coping with it, a new threat appears. And what have we seen in these last few weeks is that the president of Russia, Vladimir Putin, decided that he is on a quest for power, and he began to invade the Ukraine. And you know what is amazing about this? If you listen to people, what is happening right now in the Ukraine, between Russia and the Ukraine, is affecting every single person on this earth. Everybody is affected by it. Whether it be from a, 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 an economical perspective or a personal perspective, we have friends that live in the Ukraine. We pray for them on a daily basis. We pray for them whenever we have a chance. We are concerned about their well-being, but we know that God is in control. But I'm not going to discuss why Putin committed such an atrocity. But I want to actually look at this desire that man has for power. I don't know if you've noticed, but man likes playing God. Because we want to decide how things should happen. We want to make our own decisions. We don't want to listen to God. We want to be in control of our lives. We want to be in control of everything. And man's quest for power leads him into rebellion, corruption, and every evil thing that you can think of, as we have seen happening in the Ukraine at this point in time. And this quest for power is fueled by our old enemy, Satan. And remember his words to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. And he said in Genesis 3, verse 4 to 5, he said, And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die. God said to them, If you eat from the fruit of this tree, you will surely die. Satan comes and he says, You will not surely die. And he says, for God, and if you look at the Hebrew in the Bible, and you, if you've got Esau, you can easily go and look at the Hebrew word for, for God. It is the word Elohim. We just sang Elohim in, in that beautiful song. I absolutely adore that song because it is declaring all of God's names. And, and we mentioned this word in the song, and, and we said Elohim. It means God. He said, for God, for Elohim does know that in the day you eat thereof, that your, then your eyes shall be opened and you shall be as gods. Now, I believe, if I read the Bible correctly and if I look at the Hebrew, that this translation is a little bit incorrect because it is exactly the same word, Elohim, that is used in this space as well. So it should actually say, you shall be as God, not as God's. Because man only knew one God. 
When this took place, there was nobody but God in their lives. They didn't know other gods existed because other gods didn't exist. And therefore, Satan said to, said to them that you will be exactly as God is. You will be like God. And he says, and what would you do? You would know good and evil. And what is he saying by saying that you will, knowing good and evil, he's saying that you will be able to decide what is good and you will be able to decide what is evil. And we see that in our society today, that, uh, that man decides what is good and man decides what is evil. And it's so true what the Bible said. Woe unto him that call, calls good, good, uh, good evil and evil good. And we see that happening in front of our eyes at the moment. And what Satan is implying is that if Adam and Eve obeyed him, obeyed Satan, and if they eat of the forbidden fruit, they will become as wise and as powerful as, as what God is. And because man wants to be a God, determining good and evil for themselves, lawlessness in society increases as man rebels against the rule of God's law. And that is really what happened here. Father instituted a certain law, and man rebelled against the law. And when they rebelled against the law, they thought they can create their own laws. And we are absorbed in a constant quest for power so that we can rule over others. We see it in all aspects of life. We saw it when, uh, when all the world governments around us, I don't know if you can remember, they took power over the people during the COVID pandemic. And they instituted very strict laws. And we all followed. Because we believed everything that they said. And we are seeing it happening now in the Ukraine, in Putin's quest for power over the Ukrainians. But you know what? We see it in everyday life. We see it in sport, where teams are, uh, and individuals are attempting to be the best. And the, they, they attempt to reign over the other team or over the other person. They want to be the best in the world in whatever sport they are doing. That is a quest for power. We see it in business. We see it in schools. We even see it within families. We see it in the competitiveness of man. And we're always competing with one another. Always trying to be the best or always trying to be better than somebody else. Have you ever noticed that you, that you meet somebody new and the first thought that goes, yeah, no, I think I can do that a little bit better than this guy. Or you listen to somebody's preaching and you go, mm, no, I think I, can, I could have done that better than he did. We're forever thinking that we are better than other people. And the problem with mankind is that we always fall for the opportunity to be in power and to be in control. And if I asked you this morning to raise your hands, if you didn't want to be in control of your own destiny, I don't think anybody would put up their hands because all of us would like to be in control of our own destiny. It's the same thing that happened to Adam and Eve. And when suggested, when Satan suggested uh, uh, this to Adam, Adam wanted God's place of supreme lordship of, of sovereignty. He wanted to stand in the place of God when that suggestion was made to him. I want to mention something here. Suggestion is an incredible thing. Because through suggestion, we start thinking about things and believing things that we didn't even think of before. By somebody just making a suggestion. 
And that is exactly what Satan does to us. He comes to us with a suggestion. And we take that suggestion and we run with it. And it becomes true in our lives. And that's what he did to Adam and to Eve. Adam was no longer interested in father's delegated authority over the earth. But he now required his own sovereign dominion. He wanted to be in control. He wanted to rule. It reminds me a little bit of marketing. Marketing and advertising. Where you are, when you are, uh, where you are enticed into needing something that you don't even or didn't even know uh, existed before. Have you seen that? You know, sometimes you watch TV and they advertise something. You go, oh, I definitely need one of those. How was it possible that I could live without that thing in my life? And then you want to buy it. And before that, you didn't even know it existed. The power of marketing. Satan is extremely good at marketing. Adam's treason, because that's what he did. He committed treason. And Adam's treason threw the world into chaos, into warfare, and into the need for a savior. Because we all now need a savior. And because of this, rebellion and lawlessness increased in this world. And what amazes me about humans, and in particular, uh, particular Christians, is that they are satisfied with keeping the laws of the country. They even have laws of their own. They make laws in their own homes. They make laws for everything in life. But they want to be free from the law of God. And that is exactly what Adam and Eve did. They freed themselves from the law and the instructions of God. And that created chaos in their lives. That created the chaos that you and I live in today. Because we have not stopped doing the same thing as, that, as what they did. Last week, in the message last week, we discussed the seven blessings of our Father in Revelation. But did you know that Father also starts with five blessings for man at the beginning of the creation? And it was wonderful to read this. And in Genesis 1 verse 27 to 28, we read, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Now I just want to say something about this word image. The word image in the Hebrew is the word tselem. And the word tselem could also mean a shadow. And what he says here is when he creates us in his own image, it is not talking about a physical image like a head and arms and a body and toes and fingers. That's not what he's talking about. He says when he creates man in his own image, it says that he takes his character and he builds his character into man so that we can have a similar character as to what God has. That is what he's actually telling you and I. And that's why, why the Bible says to us that we need to conform to the image of Yeshua, of Jesus. Why does he say that? Because we need to, to create that, that character that Yeshua showed us while he lived here on earth. We need to adopt that character. We need to live that character. Because that is what God placed within you and I. And then in verse 28 he says, And God blessed them. And there are five blessings here. I've marked them for you with little numbers. And God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth 
and subdue it and have dominion. And that dominion is have power and rule over, that is what it means, over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air air, and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. So God has given us dominion or power or rule over His creation. And one thing that we need to understand with regards to this is that Father does not delegate His authority to rule to every person on earth. He only delegates that authority to those who live in obedience to Him. If I live in obedience to God, I receive this authority to rule. And that is what the Word says to us. It says that Yeshua gave us all power and authority. And the important thing is not to rule over one another, because that is what man wants to do. We want to rule over one another. But Father says, no, don't rule over one another. But you need to serve one another, and you need to love one another. That is what we're supposed to do. It is an expectation of our Father. It is an expectation of Yeshua that we should love one another. And what did He say to us? They will know you by the love that you have for one another. And what do we want to do? We want to control everyone. And we want to rule over everyone. And we want to have power over everyone. It's not part of God's law. We are servants. And he who wants to be the biggest must serve the others. Completely different from what the world is telling us power is all about and dominion is all about. Completely different. We are to rule coherently together over God's creation. That's what you and I are supposed to do. And as the congregation of Yeshua, we are to take care of Father's creation. It means that we should take possession of Father's creation, and we must make use of it. Utilize it. He gave it to us for our benefit. And how do we do this? Well, it's very clear. The Bible tells us how we do this. By planting and harvesting and producing. It is there for us to use, not to abuse, but to use. And David confirms this in Psalm 8 verse 6 when he says to us, you made him, and when he said you made him, he talks about man. You made man, you made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet. Wow, that's amazing. Man's quest for power is not to use to abuse. And that is what we are seeing in this world today. That is what, has, what is happening in the Ukraine. And within every man is the desire to rule and to take dominion. Why? Because God has placed it within us. But we need to use it in the correct way. And the right for legal dominion, however, can only be obtained through submission to Father's rule of law in no other way. Unless you and I submit to Father's instructions, we cannot receive the rule and the dominion that He has uh, placed within us. The power of authority to rule can only be pure when it complies to the will of God. And the moment man determines the rule of engagement, then this dominion becomes ungodly and controlling, and it becomes selfish. Albert Barnes Define the power of authority we receive from our fathers as follows. He says, Those capacities of right thinking, right willing, and right acting. Do you listen to what he's saying? 
right thinking, right willing, and right acting. Or of knowledge. Knowledge of what? Knowledge of the Word of God. Knowledge of who Father is. Knowledge of the character of God. That is what he's talking about here. He says, holiness and righteousness in which man resembles God. Because you and I are representatives of Father here on the earth. We represent Him. We represent Yeshua on earth. He says, qualify him for dominion and constitute him Lord of all creatures that are destitute of intellectual and moral endowments. What do you and I have dominion over? Over all the creatures that are destitute of intellectual and moral endowments. Hence, wherever man enters, he makes his way to be felt. He contemplates the objects around him, marks their qualities and re, uh, relations, conceives and resolves upon the end to be attained, and endeavors to make all things within his reach work together for its accomplishment. So what is he saying here? He says God gave us certain things, and there are certain, certain aspects of those things that need to be fulfilled. And you and I are there to help that process. To endeavor to, to be part of that whole process. And we are first and foremost under the dominion of Father Yahweh and Yeshua. But we must realize that we can only obtain this right through the grace of God and through nothing else. Yeshua gave us the order in which this dominion, this rule needs to take place. Because there's an order. God is a God of order. And there's an order how we accept it and how we receive it. And, and he gives this order to us in Matthew 6, verse 33. And we all know this verse, I, I, I assume. It says, But seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. I want to read it again because this is so important. Seek you first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. And what is very important, we need to understand this word kingdom and this word righteousness. And this word kingdom is not a place. It is, it is actually a condition. And why do I say it's a condition? Because if you go look at the translation of the word, if you go look at the Greek word, the Greek word for kingdom is the word basileia. And the Thayer's definition of the, of the word Basileia is royal power, kingship, dominion, to rule. something that you do. And it says, not to be confused with an actual kingdom, but rather the right or the authority to rule over a kingdom. That is what that word means. And every time we read the word kingdom in the Bible, we think it's a place where we're supposed to go. No, it's not a place. Is that right? of authority, that authority to rule that God has given to you when you walk in obedience to His Word. That's what it means. And then when you look at this word, which is righteousness, it is the word diakaiosunei in Greek. And this word means observing divine laws. To be obedient to Father's laws, to be obedient to the Word of God. And to first seek the kingdom or this authority to rule and his righteousness is to ensure that we do not stray from Father's instructions. 
It means that you look to Father and Yeshua first for everything you need, including your purpose in life, your daily provision, your creative inspiration, your business ideas, your family relations, everything in your life. You need to look at Father for that. You need to look at Him to provide you with that. And as you keep Him and your relationship with Him in the center of your life, all these things will be added to you. That is what the Word promises. To seek Him first means to understand and to embrace your unique design and His will for you in His kingdom, in this authority to rule here on earth. Because we need to, you know, what, one of the key things that I see with, amongst Christians is that we have become passive Christians. We need to become active Christians, active followers of God. We need to do things. Not to earn our salvation because our salvation comes from the blood of Yeshua. But when we receive our salvation, then what we do is we go and we go and perform those desires that He has placed within us. So we need to understand and embrace our design. It is to understand and embrace His dominion that He has delegated to each one of us. The unique gifts and the talents God has equipped you with are designed to both bring you life and also to be used by God to, real, uh, to release the transformative power of His kingdom here on earth. And as you do that, God is faithful to release vision, provision, opportunity, and authority to walk in the assignment that He has created for you. Without God, you will not be able to do that. You will not be able to fulfill God's will in your life. To put the kingdom of God first means to put His government first, His authority, His laws, His principles, His word, and above all, His lordship. Because He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is our King, our Savior. And why is this important? Why is it important that we conform to the word of God? Because He said this to us in Deuteronomy 28 verse 1 to 2. He said, and it shall come to pass, if you shall hearken diligently to the voice of Yahweh your God, to observe and to do all His commandments which I command you this day, that Yahweh your God will set you on high above all nations of the earth, and all these blessings shall come on you and overtake you, if you shall hearken unto the voice of Yahweh your God. We need to be obedient. God's will for you and I is obedience. And he says that. He says, obedience to my word is far above sacrifices. Far above. Because he requires obedience. From creation, Father's desire was that there would be only one ruler over this earth, over the whole world. And that ruler is him. It was his desire that all of mankind will worship him according to his requirements and that he would be our only provider. That was the perfect world that He created in the beginning. But through our disobedience, through our rebellion, we moved into an environment that created fear and chaos instead of living under the perfect rule of God. Do you know, even when God ruled over Israel, when he called Israel as his nation, and he was the one that, uh, that ruled over them. He did everything for them. He protected them. He gave them the promised land. 
And when he gave them the promised land, he protected them there. But it was not good enough for them. They wanted to rule themselves. And when Samuel became very old and his sons did not follow in the way of the Lord, Israel demanded that he, that is Samuel, gave them a king. We want a king like all the other nations. We don't want to be under God's rule anymore. We want to rule ourselves. And of course, Samuel was very upset about this. We read this in 1 Samuel 8 verse 4 to 7. It says, Then all the elders of Israel gathered themselves together and came to Samuel to Ramah and said to him, Behold, you are old and your sons walk uh, not in your ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. We want to be exactly the same as everybody else. We know that God protected us. We know that He is our provider, but we want to rule ourselves. But the, king dis- or the, uh, but the thing displeased Samuel when they said, give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed to Yahweh. And Yahweh said to Samuel, hearken to the voice of the people in all that they say to you. He says, listen to them. If that's what they want, give it to them. It, it's almost like he, he was saying, and see where that will get them. <laughs> but that's not what he said. That's what I said. <laughs> but that's what I'm thinking. Because listen what he says. He says to Samuel, For they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them. They rejected God's dominion. And because man desires to rule over himself, they will ultimately clash with one another in a constant warfare for power. And isn't that just evident in this time that we are living in right now? And this is the reason that all the governments wars for control in every area of your life. They want to control what you do. They want to control what you listen to. They want to control what you believe. And even they want to, they want to control even what you think. And the quest for power leads to a secular, humanistic, and socialistic society depraved of moral absolutes that over time destroys itself. And this is nothing new. It has been going on for thousands and thousands of years, and the intensity thereof has increased exponentially. The only government, listen to me, the only government that is destined for victory is the kingdom of God. That is the only government that will experience victory. And Father declares that through his prophet Isaiah, in Isaiah 9 verse 6 to 67. And he says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Listen carefully. And the government, the rule, the dominion shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end upon the throne of David. And upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of Yahweh of hosts will perform this. 
And what is he saying to us? He says there will be a time when we will return to his perfect governance. Where there will be a time when we, re- we return to the perfect government and the perfect rule and the perfect dominion of God. And we know that will happen in the thousand years, in the millennium period, when Yeshua will rule here on earth for a thousand years. Then we will be able to experience what perfect governance is all about. Because we have no idea what it is. The kingdom of God which Yeshua came to restore humanity to is a kingdom that lives inside of every believer right now. It lives inside you. It lives inside me. And the reality of all of Father's power, His provision, His authority, His creativity and nature is living inside of every believer right now to empower us to live the abundant life that Yeshua has promised us. As we live that abundant life, Empowered and led by the Holy Spirit, we become conduits of blessing and ambassadors of transformation here on earth in the way that we influence other people. In everything we do and with everyone we meet, we have the ability to bring that kingdom to this earth. We have the ability to bring that kingdom to people. We are able to show the authority and the power that caused us to experience the salvation of Yeshua. And isn't that the best thing that anyone can actually receive, is the salvation of Yeshua. And that is the quest for power that you and I need to desire. The power to testify of the goodness of the kingdom of Father Yahweh. Every relationship, every business dealing, every encounter is a potential intersection point for the Holy Spirit to use as an instrument of His life and of His light, so that we can be the light on this earth, so that we can shine through on this earth, and we can, we can show the goodness and the grace of God, so that people can experience His perfect love in their lives. It's so wonderful to me when Yeshua said about the Holy Spirit in John 15, verse 26 to 27. He said, but when the Comforter, the Comforter, that is the Holy Spirit, when the Comforter has come, whom I will send to you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceeds from the Father. Listen what he says. He shall testify of me. The Holy Spirit testifies of who Yeshua is, of who our Savior is. He says, and you also shall bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. And what is he saying when he says, you have been with me from the beginning? He says, you belong to me because you belong to me. You will testify about me. You will testify of me. And this should be my quest. My quest should be to testify of the power of salvation which we receive through Yeshua, which is the Son of God. And this is what gives you and I victory over the enemy. The power of victory is in the blood of Yeshua through our testimony of him. And that is why John wrote in Revelation 12, verse 10 to 11. He said, And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength. And that word strength here is the word dunamis. And that word dunamis means inherent power. That is the power that lives within each one of us. So, and I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now has come, this, come salvation and strength and the kingdom, the authority to rule of our God and the power, and this word is the word, Greek word exousia, which means the power of authority of his Christ, of the Messiah. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, 
which accused him before God day and night. And they overcame him by what? By the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. Wow. Victory comes by the blood of the Lamb and by the testimony of every believer. When we talk about the testimony of our, our every believer, my greatest testimony is who Jesus is, who Yeshua is within my life. That is the greatest testimony that I have. All the other things that happen to me are great, but the biggest testimony is who He is, not what I did. And when your quest for power is different from this, then you are desiring the wrong power. There is a constant struggle for power. There is man's quest for power over man. There is Satan's quest for power over man. And you and I as the church or the congregation of God finds ourselves in the middle of this struggle for power. And as a congregation of Yeshua, we have the power and the authority to overcome. That's the good news. That you and I have been given the authority to overcome everything. Yeshua made this statement in his conversation with his disciples when he asked them who they said he was. Do you remember? He asked, he said, who do the people say I am? And then they gave him an answer, that he's a prophet. He's one of the old prophets that was resurrected. And then he said, but who do you say I am? And my question to each one of us this morning is, who do we say he is? Who do you say he is? And listen to what Peter says, Matthew 16, verse 16 to 18. And Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ. In the Hebrew word for that would be Messiah. You are the Messiah, the anointed one, the one who will be king over everything, the one who will be king over the earth, the one who will be king over the whole world. That is who you are. You are the king. You are the Messiah. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. That's a bold statement when everybody else was trying to kill him. When everybody else accused him of blasphemy, Peter come and he says, but you are the king. You are the Messiah. You are the son of God. Do we believe that? Do you and I believe that he is the king, that he is the Messiah, he's the Christ, he is the son of God? But the question is, do you believe that he is your king? And your Messiah, the Son of God. And Jesus answered and said to him, he said, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah. That word Bar-Jonah just means son of Jonah. Bar means son, and Jonah is, he was the son of Jonah. Blessed are you. That's not his surname. Um, it's just a description of who he was. Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood have not revealed it to you, but my Father which is in heaven. That revelation can only come when God himself reveals it to you and I. When we are in an intimate relationship with him, then he comes and he makes that revelation. Then we understand who Jesus is, who Yeshua is, and what he means for me in my life. In verse 18 he says, And I also say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. This word church is the word ecclesia. It is actually the word congregation. We have a 
a wrong idea of what church means. Nowhere in the Bible will you really find the word church. We, we have used this word church. It should actually be you will be the congregation or the church means the congregation because we are the church. This is not a church. This is just a building. You are the church or the congregation of Yeshua. He says, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I just want to say something very important here. There are certain denominations that believe that Yeshua was going to build his church upon Peter. He did not build his congregation on Peter. What he did, it is not Peter, but it is on Peter's testimony and confession of faith. That's what he's building his church upon. And what is that confession? And what is that testimony? That you are Christ. You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. That is what he's building his congregation on. Because if he was not the king, if he was not the Messiah, well, I shouldn't say was, he is. If he is not the king, if he is not the Messiah, if he is not the Son of God, there is no need for a congregation. Because then it's absolutely pointless. But he is. And we know that for a fact. And here we are today. With wars and rumors of wars, as Yeshua stated in Matthew 24, Kingdoms are fighting against kingdoms. Nations are trying to occupy other nations. It seems that the entire world is in a financial crisis. The world is in economic chaos. And we are living it every moment, every day. We are feeling it, as they say, we are feeling it in our pockets. See, we are in a fight for survival. You and I are in a war. And that's why it's important that we will prepare for this war, that we will prepare for the battle. But despite this, as believers of Yeshua, we have hope. And as followers of Yeshua, we have an advantage over the enemy. Our advantage is one that leads to victory. We have been given the authority to rule. God's authority, God's dominion. And Yeshua has given us the power and the strength to overcome the enemy. And therefore, we can believe the words of David when he wrote in Psalm 37, verse 23 to 24. He says, the steps of a good man. And that word good man, the, the word good doesn't, uh, you will, will not see the word good in the Hebrew. It is just one word that is used that they have translated as a good man. And that, that word that is used there is the word gerber. And that word Gerber means a man or a strong man or a warrior. It is emphasizing strength or the ability to fight. It is the whole idea of preparation for battle. And you and I are warriors of God. We are warriors for Christ. And therefore, we can, when we read that word, he's talking to all the believers. He says, the steps of a good man are ordered by Yahweh, and he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for Yahweh upholds him with his hand. Doesn't matter what happens to you and I. Does not matter what we go through. Does not matter what battle you are busy fighting. The one thing that we can know, even if we fall, God is always there to uphold our hands. You see, we are supported by our Father through His Holy Spirit. 
And the quest for power must be in Him and through Him because He is the only one that can guide us in obedience and in His righteousness. And as obedient believers, we are blessed with the power to overcome. And therefore, you and I need to use that power in the way that God intended it to be used. And when we use that power, His dominion, in obedience to Him, then we will live in victory. Then we will overcome. Then we will withstand the battle we are engaged in. And may you live in that victory. Amen. Father, thank you, Lord, that you bless us. Father, thank you that you have given us your children, your followers, that you have given us the authority to rule. Thank you, Abba Father, that we can know that we can rule over our circumstances. That we don't have to submit to it, but that we can rule over it. Give us that power so that we can rule in your name, so that your name can be glorified. Not us, but you. Guide us by your Holy Spirit and prepare us for this battle. We pray that in the mighty name of Yeshua, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.